millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. <laughs> noble, noble Keenan. Fuck that. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. You know what to do if you like what you hear. Uh, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, all the usual spots like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Maynard James Keenan. We're going to be talking about the launch of Pussifer TV. Uh, the tool and a perfect circle frontman going to take us back to the uh, to the birth of Pussifer and the influence of underground comedy in the 80s and 90s, as well as the plans for the streaming hub, which will include a pair of upcoming concert films and how it all ties in with the music they make. Uh, Keenan's also going to talk in depth about his vineyard uh, being adaptable to climate change and the importance of community both in his farm and the Pussifer Project. So I, I am so excited uh, to be doing this interview right here. One of my all-time favorite musicians, it's Kyle Meredith with Maynard James Keenan. Hi. What we've got here today is, uh, is uh, Pussifer. Pussifer TV uh, is the new thing that you're working on. And I got to tell you, first off, it's been so much fun researching for this interview just because of the levels of what this project has always been and, and what you have going on now. I'll just let you explain, uh, if you would, um, what exactly is Pussifer TV and why did you decide to kind of collect everything in this way? Well, over the years, we have we've uh, developed quite a few characters, quite a few skits, sketches um, that kind of go along with uh, the Pussifer story, you know, along with, of course, music and a, and, a, and a live show, which you've probably read up on. It's, it's quite a it's quite a fun show. You know, but when we're getting on the road, we're getting ready for uh, recording or getting ready for releasing or touring. Um, some of the filming ended up kind of taking a, a, a back seat uh, just because of timing between, you know, three bands and a winery. Um, some of that stuff ends up, uh, we could do more with it, but we just don't have time. The pandemic, however, uh, really opened the floodgates for us to really dive in and do more filming just because we, we couldn't tour. 
so we really went we really went for it in um in 2020 we did the the Arcasante live with the Ex existential reckoning we did the the money shot live at the mayan theater you know the billy d and the hall of feathered serpents and we're continuing that tradition and we have stuff from before that we that we've done that we're that we're re-releasing and so you know this is really it was just really a great opportunity for us because this this project just lends itself to this kind of insanity so we're going for it this project and the insanity the more and more i watched it i was looking back and reading up on some history uh, of yourself and and thinking about you know you come from the midwest in ohio i'm here in kentucky and i think we came up different years apart but really similar ways when this type of uh i say content really i'm really talking about comedy i mean it reminds me of pre-internet when you had to have someone cooler and older to show you this stuff lots of times in secret and it was usually dangerous comedy you know that uh, uh you know I, i'm thinking of like the uhf days or something like that i don't know if that's what i really want to call it but but that that's sort of like you've built this world and i don't know if you can if there if if you're able to put the words on exactly what this world is you're building but it does remind me a lot of that type of late 70s mid to mid 80s type of underground dangerous comedy yeah i mean i you know i had older friends <clears throat> turn me on to um monty python and and that was all late night tv uh and eventually that you know that you know segued into kids in the hall and you know uh eventually trailer park boys so yeah it was there's always that there was always that snarky uncle turning you on to some stuff that bordered on stuff you're not supposed to watch now it's just now it's down pat now it's you know things you, south park does it every week yeah but there's something about the way you're doing it that really does feels like it still taps into that like south park is still cleaned up I, I i don't know you know it's 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 still a mass produced thing uh, and and i don't know there's something i guess in that raw sort of way that i would want it doesn't exist in very many places what you're doing is um you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting in, in that sort of way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's, there's an element to post where we have, we, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take the art seriously. And, but even in that, you know, half of, half of the, you know, half of my characters, the mustache is barely taped on and, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not, we're not worried about you seeing the tape uh, or the wig, you know, never being quite centered. It's not really, it's not really the joke. It just ends up being our MO. When you sort of came up with the idea of, of Pussifer, like, was it fully realized in your head or is it something that you figured out along the way? No, it was, it came out of um, working with Laura Milligan uh, back in uh, when she used to have a club a variety show, uh, tongue in cheek variety show called Tantrum back in uh, back in LA and in, in the back of the Diamond Club on off of Hollywood Boulevard and that was that was back before you'd, you'd even heard names like uh, Brian Fussain and David Cross and uh, uh, CJ Arabia and uh, Bob Odenkirk and, and Tenacious D like all these <clears throat> all these comedians were working their stuff out there uh, Craig Anton Mark Fight uh the list goes it's a it's an endless list of incredible talents uh um uh simpatico was a crazy um outfit will ferrell was was on that stage with simpatico 
So it was, it was, it kind of was born out of that. Uh, Laura's character was called Tawny Port. She was fresh out of rehab, having been a childhood actor. And she's got this variety show uh, called Tantrum. And uh, <clears throat> so you know, people would come down and kind of work out their stuff. But her boyfriend at the time was supposed to come close to the show, uh, rock star dude who just never showed up. And eventually he showed up and <clears throat> his name was Vince. And he, he was a moving target of craziness. His band was called Pucifer. Uh, but it was also called this and it was called that. Like it just it was always a moving target. He would he would change the direction with the wind because uh, he was kind of, you know, you know, the whole the hair bands. And then all of a sudden they had flannel shirts on uh, whatever was popular at the time. Vince would kind of chase that. But if he showed up because he's always drunk somewhere. So Pussifer kind of was born out of uh, the tantrum scene. And eventually you probably saw it on Mr. Show when Pussifer did a little bit on Mr. Show. It, it predates Mr. Show. So I guess, it, you know, in, in the sense that where you've taken it now, I don't know, was there a point that you can that you can find like this is what it's going to become? Because, uh, again, from that moment, even on Mr. Show, it's become so much wider scope than that. Yeah, I mean, the first shirt that I ever did, because it was attached to merch and stuff like that, too, just ideas of silly things and snarky, ironic crap. Uh, but the first shirt we did was a was the Free Francis Bean shirt. Uh, that 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 was not well received. Um, <laughs> it's funny though. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, generally, generally, you know, most comedy. I think people have kind of forgotten in the age of uh, cancel culture. Most comedy, somebody's going under the bus. That's just even if it's us ourselves, somebody's going under the bus, and we forget that that's kind of the the role of comedy is to that uncomfortable release and a laugh of things you're not supposed to say. And then you release it and the demon is out and gone. But, you know, Pussifer just kind of evolved over time with some of those sketch comedy things and our attempt to kind of uh, put them in a musical context. And I think it wasn't really until I started working with Matt Mitchell that the music really started to kind of become more of the focal point. So, you know, working with him and then, of course, uh, Karina Round and Juliette Camagere, once those people kind of came into the picture, it really laser focused. And so that's been that's been a joy working with them and an endless revolving door of other musicians kind of coming through, just kind of lending their talents, kind of, you know, throwing back to the tantrum days of just watching these incredible talents come through the door and adjust their set or whatever they were going to do to whatever was going on in the room with Laura, with Tawny, I should say, because uh, there was always a theme for that particular day for that show. And then everybody was having to kind of adjust whatever riffs or whatever acts or whatever they were working on. They would have to kind of adjust it to what was happening in the room as a, a very meta situation. And that I'm sure allowing for like it's impressive how this all comes together at some point because there's so much room for disaster in the good ways you know in the great comedy ways those room for disasters right there but like when you're finally conceptualizing something that is that is Pussifer a film short film whatever like and you've got these many minds who takes the lead is that is that you or is it is it just a hive mind collective that eventually brings this all together Matt, Matt takes the lead on the musical part and, and literally it'll end up being him wanting to see how far he can take the limited 
capacity of something like a Fairlight and, and make, make that ancient piece of equipment work and then us work around it as that being our, our cornerstone. Because, you know, sometimes people work better when they're painted in a corner. When you give me parameters, I, I tend to, I, I, I shine because it's done. When it's infinite possibilities, I think that sometimes shuts people down. They can't, they can't function. But for, as far as the characters and the comedy and the story, a lot of that ends up being me just kind of chasing farts, if you will. I feel like that's a t-shirt in itself right there. Yeah, <laughs> I just, you chasing know. Chasing farts. Yeah, chasing farts since, since uh, 1995. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the painting in the corner thing, you were probably talking about it in a different interview. Those what, I watched several of the interviews and everything, but that's that's sort of how the, that are, like the briefcase moment yeah but billy has come apart that, that's just a something i painted in a corner for yeah fucking tim, sorry uh tim cadiente our friend um uh, he's part owner of the barton Pereira and used to work at oakley and paul frank that prick he introduced his briefcase in one of the videos that we did and then we just did an entire i don't want to spoil it but we're working on two more uh concert films as we speak um and one of one of the bits is Major Douche in the war room trying to figure out how to paint our way out of this stupid briefcase corner. It's just something that, like movie sets, they have people right that 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 say that shouldn't be here because that's that's gonna mess you up. Yeah, like um, <clears throat> continuity. You have you have a continuity, continuity. person on set, and and uh, Tim basically took whatever. If there was an individual that was our continuity person, Tim took them out back and shot them and buried their buried their body. So now we're screwed. We have to pan our way out of this stupid briefcase corner. But that becomes, but that's part of what Pustifer is, is that, is that embracing that's that thing that shouldn't be there. And now that becomes the thing. Versatility, it's, it's flexibility, it's versatility, it's creative process and creative thinking and just keeping that muscle tuned and, and toned. Because otherwise you're going to have the blinders on and you're going to miss the opportunities for something. Yeah, you've got to you've got to keep the blinders, you know, take the blinders off, and just uh, keep a, just keep be open, be uh, be ready to adapt. Which, by the way, you a minute ago, I think you were apologizing for saying fucking or almost saying fucking, and I, I have to tell you, you can do that because I'm looking right behind you the whole time, and it looks like two rabbits fucking. So I think we're well past that. It's... Are they though? Are they? Are they? Are they just? Are they just? They're just. They just want to see what's going on. <laughs> I had to ask at least about that painting just a little bit because I feel like it's part of the uh it's one of the people in this interview uh, anyway and it's, it's yeah, got its the, own character that's, that's painted by a gentleman who uh I met he's in a he was in a band I don't know if he's still in a band but he used to work at uh Millie's of Silver Lake um uh cool wonderful uh painter I don't know if he's still painting but I bought this one because I thought it was funny it is um went back to, to push for tv as we're talking about those so you have you over the years you've expanded this universe uh i think you've talked about you're obviously talking about it now um where you can take it and where do you want to take it like is this eventually turned into like a theatrical movie I, I think you mentioned graphic novels at some point have you have you thought in those directions yeah i mean graphic novels uh it would be nice to take it in that direction but again i am not a i'm not a person who does graphic novels so it would end up being somebody in our extended circle of people that's like that raises their hand and says hey I'm I'm actually pretty good at that if you want to trust me to explore it like I'm you know I I cook I can make you a pretty badass uh handmade pastas but 
I'm not a chef and I'm not, I'm not going to work in my restaurants uh, doing those things. I have to trust uh, Chris Smith, Chef Smith in our, in our, in our place in, Ar in Arizona for him to take that ball and run with it. Just like with Matt being, you know, our engineer, mixer, producer, uh, writer, performer, I have to trust him with those things because I'm only, I, my talents are limited. And as soon as you can really understand your parameters uh, and, you know, know thyself, right? Don't quit trying to do everything by yourself. So, yeah, so a lot of those things end up being, I have to trust somebody who's better at it than I am uh, to take that ball and run with it but right now i think i think what, you know, right now what we're doing is we're just going to continue doing what we're doing until the next thing presents itself in a in a undeniable way let's just say how fortunate you are to find the people that you found though i mean you mentioned monty python earlier and you know that worked because of those specific people being tied yeah. together yeah you know, that's kind of how you all i don't know luck, fate, whatever that is, but the type of people. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. The, the music that you brought up, of course, that's the other big part of this too, the music and how that fits in there. With there being so much on the comedy side on the visuals the album and you know we'll talk about the the newest album that came out last year i mean that's it doesn't speak to me in the same comedic way do you go into the music with with that sort of uh same type of mind no you, the music you know the music is introspective it always has been um there might be some comedic elements to it some tongue-in-cheek things to it but we take the music very seriously um, and we just we just follow we just follow where the sounds lead us. Um, but you know, just like just like any well balanced uh, play, film, book, there's comedy and tragedy. Uh, so the, you know, the comedy ends up kind of balancing out the seriousness of some of the of the content and the music. Even it's so you know, it doesn't doesn't seem to go together at all. But you know. You need a little bit of that comic relief to make that to make some of that work. Yeah, even with the uh, darker themes, I, I'll just use that broadly. The uh, it's it's I can dance to that record, and I have danced to that record. You know, there's been a lot of dancing to that to to to, to the new album and everything. But I was I was listening to it, and I was going back, and I was watching what is it, the uh, a curmudgeon's guide to define collisions and Pythagorean analogy. Did I say all of that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of great words there, but kind of, so that was back in uh, 2016. And by the way, for everyone watching, that's part of the new uh, Puss for TV, you know, and, and there's a line you say in the, in the film of, uh, you know, we're going to be okay. I think you said that and you were talking about this bigger picture topic and, and I don't know, like 
when I hear that record and going back to a lot of the, the music that you've written over the years, like years, like it's paints a picture that is appropriately scary as fuck of where we are as humans, where we are as people and where we're going to go. But then I see also this video that you've posted about Easter mm-hmm. and an Easter poem that you've done. And even as dark and heavy and scary and, and everything as it is, I look at that and I think, but he still thinks that there's a way out of this. I get a feeling like, is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm an optimistic pessimist or pessimistic optimist, you know, however you want to juxtapose those things juxtaposed. That's, that's me in a nutshell. That's, you know, that's the Irish-Italian guy. Um, just trying to trying to maintain positive a positive attitude but you know and i've said it before uh, daunting as it may be everything is going to work out we just might not be involved in where it's going and that could you know i could mean humanity in general or i could just mean ourselves it's going to work out with or without us uh, one way that it's the pendulum it swings back and forth and finally finds a nice median um so you know if you can resolve yourself to being part of that solution and accept the idea that you might not be there when it arrives, fucking right on. That's that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're, you're supposed to figuring. You're supposed to be figuring out what's going to be best for all of us, not just you, you selfish bastard. And I guess I get that part of it, especially too, with um, with how you treat the earth. And you know, and I'll talk about. You know, obviously, you have these vineyards. Um, I don't know if you call it a farm or just a vineyard, but you have these, this beautiful land. We're farmers. That you, yeah, that you cultivate, uh, that you do these amazing things in. In Arizona, and I guess I'm tying this back to your lyrics too, because as the world gets hotter, you know, and we, we are dealing with climate change more and more every single day, on your farm, like how much is that affecting you? Because I, I know I'm kind of jumping around a few different points here. Like you are doing really good things for the earth, but it must be such a challenge at the same time, I'm assuming. Well, you have to, you have to stay in your body. You have to pay attention. You have to be aware and you have to be adaptable, right? So you, we see based on, you know, data from, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that there's definitely a shift in uh, what we're seeing as far as rainfall, what we're seeing as far as temperature extremes, highs, lows. Uh, we're seeing more hail than we when we have in the past years, I think. Maybe not. Maybe we don't just don't have enough data to really uh, measure that. But you just have to be adaptable in the moment. Um, yeah, that's just part of farming, right? Uh, I remember hearing about, you know, decades ago, like, oh, it's going to be orange. The price of oranges is going to go up because Florida had huge frosts. Well, that wasn't that wasn't last year. That was like forty years ago. So I'm not, and I'm not questioning uh, climate change. I'm just saying, I just uh, being on the ground, I'm noticing differences in the last because I've been doing this now since. Uh, um, 2003, 2002. So I have a few years under my belt, um, just in Arizona with farming. You know, I grew up in, in the middle of orchards and, and farms in Michigan. Uh, so that's, I've seen, you know, I saw it there, but just what I'm seeing in Arizona, I'm, I'm seeing differences. So um, you have to just pay attention to what's in front of you. And I, 
you know, I think the hard part is just there's so much disinformation online and it's so politically polarized and you don't know what to believe. Half the time, it's just, you just have to pay attention to what's in front of you. And if you're living in a small apartment in a large city and you don't really get out much, you're fucked because all you're getting is just, you have to somehow figure out how to intelligently sort through all that information to find something that makes sense. And usually it's a simple answer. It's not the extreme. It's not Jewish space lasers for fuck's sake. It's, you know, come on, God damn it. <laughs> that is the appropriate response. What you just did right there, by the way, that's, it's, um, it's frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Kentucky, uh, which, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to unpack in, in a statement when I say I'm in Kentucky. I'm in Louisville, luckily, <laughs> I, I think, you know, but I'm not from Louisville. And at least you're saying it properly. <laughs> I feel like I would have to at this point. I've been in Louisville for 25 Are years. Are you from now, Louisville? Louisville, Louisville. Uh, wait a second. There is a we have a tie back. I'm just thinking about this. I, I know, I'm sorry. I'm going to get back to that because we're there's a really important topic here. But uh, Love Jones is from Louisville. And I know the Love Jones guys. And uh, I think you know the Love Jones guys. Those pricks. (laughs) Boy, we almost all got murdered at a Scientology Center once with those guys performing. It was a glorious night. I don't think I've ever heard that story. Is that one you could tell? Nope. Let them tell it. It was amazing. Incredible. I will not take that that from them. Make, Make them tell that story. I will. They're uh, they're making new music these days again. Once again, it's been a long time, but um, yeah, Uh, I'm going to, I'll get that one. So, so back to what I was getting at you, you were talking about the orchards uh, and and the farming that you were growing up in Michigan. And I'm going to say versus what you're doing in, in, uh, in Arizona, because I had my own eye-opening moments where, you know, again, rural Kentucky, deep in the country in the woods and everything growing up, I still hadn't put it all together, what all of this meant in the bigger picture, um, to society, to population, to food control, and what that means for power. Uh, I, I'm not trying to um, put anything on you, assume anything, but when you, when you became a farmer in Arizona, was, was, was that more of an open door for you, or did you come in already having a lot of that information about what, what all this really meant? You mean as far as, uh, as far as, uh, uh, planting a successful vineyard or do you mean just politically or financially or, you know, what do you, what do you mean? I guess I am getting to politically a, a little bit, uh, you know, cause we're talking about climate change and I would say climate change is not a political thing, but it becomes a political thing, right? you know, and, and, and just what, because farming is so important. It's what you're talking about with the person in the apartments in a big city, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's an uphill climb. There's a mountain that they've got to climb in order to figure out like, you know, why we're all unhealthy, uh, if that yeah. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, when you, when, you, when you make the commitment to plant a vineyard in a state, and I don't think this is common knowledge, this isn't something that the average citizen or average politician or uh, average, you know, uh, chamber of commerce or department of tourism, I don't think this is something they quite grasp in a state that doesn't have it. But when you plant a vineyard, there's a commitment there of a, it's, it's at least a 10 to 20 year commitment because the amount of time that it takes for the vines to mature uh, and you don't really know what's going to happen. You, you, can, you can try to do some research and look at some weather patterns and figure out the geology and, and maybe you, you have it figured out. But 
truly uh, for a truly expressive site that's going to be something to be talked about and revered and passed on and enjoyed um you know you really you really you're you're hanging out in the wind uh but the commitment is there so if you understand the commitment of what it may what it takes to actually plant something over five ten acres of vineyards the financial commitment the commitment in time the commitment in sweat equity everything about it um it's it's a lot and and communities you know people in charge uh once you once that gets through to them you find that they start to support your efforts um and then you know and then other things kind of spring up around it there's other support industries that if you're successful in this endeavor all of a sudden you have you have a local economy you have uh, local people doing local things and keeping keeping that uh, blood flowing and you know this is I remember this from my economics class you know Ted Winkle back in Mason County Central in Scottville Michigan uh, explaining how money is is like water it, it needs to flow it's not something that you should be hoarding Jeff Bezos Elon it's supposed to it's supposed to be something that continues to move and gets exchanged um not hoarded. Uh, so, you know, got to put it back in circulation. Otherwise it's just, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's maciated. It's so local economies understand that, that exchange of goods and services and supporting each other accidentally, intentionally, whatever. There's a, there's a movement that's, it's, it's nice to see, you know, somebody can all of a sudden get a few goats and figure out what they need to be legally making and selling goat cheese well now they can do that because there's you know there's 50 to 100 tasting rooms around the state that would love to have their goat cheese served as a, you know as an appetizer or just a side dish with the, to be paired with the wines well so that's what i was getting at i guess um it is that community what i'm trying to say is what you're doing i find so noble whether you not you think of it like that <laughs> i do because noble noble Keenan, fuck that. <laughs> I know. I know what that I know how that compliment sounds. I really, really do. But it is those ways of making the world a better place. Um, you you there's a line, and and I know we're running out of time here. There is a line in upgrade, uh, in the post for a song upgrade. Uh, the very first line: how does one choose words so magical they terminate or alleviate this morbid despair you feel? And I don't know if that's really coming from you because for an artist you know i hope when i listen to the artist that i love that it is going to make me feel better even if i'm leaning into the pain um and i have some weird optimism where i think yeah there is maybe a dumb butterfly effect where a song can change the world and whether or not that's true the fact that you can take what you're doing and put it into the ground and make a community better like that's what it's about to me so i'm thanking you even from louisville what you're doing in a community in arizona yeah, I mean, and I'm just, uh, you know, just to be clear, I'm not alone there. I'm, you know, there's easily a hundred uh, plus wineries there and a lot of uh, agriculture in Arizona. So all of my peers in Arizona, I couldn't, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing with the wine without them and without their efforts as well. It's a combined, it's a combined statewide effort. So, uh, you know, me, me being an island out there doing it, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to, that's not, that's not sustainable. That's not something you can, uh, hang your head on for the future. It has to be a lot of them doing it and doing it correctly and making the hard decisions and, uh, you know, figuring it out correctly. Just like 
Pussifer. Yeah, we, it's a it's a combined effort. We, I couldn't do it alone. Matt couldn't do it alone. Karina couldn't do it alone. So it's but what we're what we're doing together and collectively and with all of our friends and the extended family. Uh, it's a glorious thing. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I'm obviously a fan. Thank you for continuing to do what you're doing. Uh, Puss for TV is so much fun to dig into. So uh, I'm really interested and excited to see where this whole story goes and the whole universe. So, uh, so Maynard, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. We'll see you. Okay. Big old thanks, Maynard James Keenan. Again, uh, Pussifer TV has now officially launched. Go check that out. And also, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Again, I put out three new interviews every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual spots that you can get your podcast from. That does include YouTube for the video versions as well. After all that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including a Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. All three of them is at Kyle Meredith. Then over on TikTok at Kyle M. Meredith. Uh, do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Are you from Louisville? It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.